paralyzing terror, as in this hair-raising orgy of savage. The mouth of the streets to tell their friends how wonderful it is to be scared to death. Hello and welcome to episode 858 of Dread Media. I'm your host, Desmond Reddick, back with you for another great episode. Uh, and I'm going to let you know all about that before I say, why don't you support the show? Patreon.com slash Dread Media. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early episodes, you get uh, other perks like uh, reaction videos, unboxing videos, uh, some fictions on there. Uh, there's goals. Um, there's exclusive podcasts. So, yeah, go on over there. Check it out. Make it a one-time donation for a month and just binge on all the stuff you want to see. You know? Patreon.com slash dreadmedia. <laughs> what have we got going on... This week, well, Tom and I are discussing the new Joe Lynch film, which is one of several films that uh, were sort of in semi-development between Stuart Gordon and uh, Dennis Paoli uh, when uh, when Gordon uh, befell some health issues and then, uh, you know, died not soon after. Uh, but Joe Lynch stepped in and they made this movie, which is a, you know, Stuart Gordon-esque, beautiful nightmare uh, starring Barbara Crampton and Heather Graham. Suitable flesh. So we're going to talk about that for a little while. And then... You know, I'm not going to talk about un- unmade Stuart Gordon horror movies. That's uh, that's already been done uh, by Better Than I on Best Movies Never Made. So go check that episode out. Yeah, that's with Dennis Paoli as well. But I want to do a Dread Media Top 5 Stuart Gordon Fun Facts uh, that are not necess- not really related to his horror movies. We know all about his horror movies. These are like little weird fun facts about his life. Uh, they're actually like little to huge fun facts about his life based on, uh, you know, the events of each thing. Anyway, we'll get to that. It's going to be fun. Uh, and it, and it will all be stuff that I read about in Naked Theater and Uncensored Horror, a memoir by Stuart Gordon. Fantastic book. Fantastic book. One of my favorite reads of last year. As noted in the best of 2023 episode last month, as I record this, it's Thursday, February 1st. Yes. Finally. We have slain January. God damn. I was getting tired of January once we hit like January 84th, you know? God damn. Oh. Yeah, anyway, let's get to the uh, suitable flesh review. You know, it's funny. I was sort of, uh, I was like, sort of like half programming this episode, 
uh, and half like listening through a bunch of the records that I, that I didn't necessarily give enough time to listen to last year when they came out, you know, just to see if I wanted to actually, you know, put them in my iTunes or I guess it's just like Apple music, whatever library for, you know, switching around onto my iPhone. You know, I, I, I basically put band discography playlists on my uh on my iphone i switch them relatively regularly <laughs> some i keep on for a while because i don't actually get to as well but uh yeah so I, I was going through some records and there's this band a morning star and i started playing um this song yeah i started playing this song because uh it's it's you know so, sort of the name of a horror movie and uh and I was listening to it and I was like god damn I was like who are these guys and I and I believe I I google searched the word uh the words a morning star band and the first hit was this article from the Georgia Strait, straight.com. This is a Vancouver arts newspaper. Uh, this is White Rock Metalcore Quintet, a morning star, helps foster a thriving metal scene in the suburbs. And it goes to talk about the, this brand new metalcore band from my old stomping grounds. I never actually lived in White Rock, but I was in White Rock a lot <laughs> because I lived a block away from white rock and then like 12 blocks away from white rock. But I was always in white rock and, uh, and I was a part of that scene. And, and a lot of the shit, the, the scenes that I was involved in are also mentioned in this article. It's a great article by Gregory Adams, all about this young, cool metalcore band, a morning star. So we're going to listen to this song of theirs uh, before we get to the suitable flesh review. So this is a morning star, and that's morning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, a morning star with burnt offering. <laughs> Right now, I'm 
Now, Des? Tom? I would like to dedicate this review to our mutual friend from across the pond, Mr. Ian Wilson. <laughs> because we are going that? to be talking about the return of, to cinema of his major crush object. Yes. One Heather Graham. And why she has never been in horror movies before is beyond me. Yeah. Uh, she's she's one of my crush objects, too, man. Holy smokes. Okay. She is smoking, two, two, yeah. Two of my crush objects are in this movie. Yes. And what is this movie? And this movie is the new movie by Dread Media guest Joe Lynch. Suitable Flesh. Uh, who who basically cemented Samara Weaving's position as my major crush object <laughs> in mayhem, right? So, but yes, this is um, this is Joe Lynch is I think is a great director. He also directed the second Wrong Turn film, which is the one right. I think with um, Henry Rollins. Yep, yeah, that's that's and that's Everly, the one that's the one with the chick that's chopped in half when she's on the phone with Patton Oswalt. <laughs> and also Everly, which is as I was describing to it to my friend Anna the other day, it's Die Hard in a Room. Yeah, I gotta see Everly. I I, I haven't seen it, but um, we are fond of Joe Lynch very much. So yeah, yeah. And Joe Lynch is apparently very fond of someone we're also fond of, Stuart Gordon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's. There's some heavy Gordon vibes. There's a lot of the uh, the the hospital of uh, from beyond vibe yeah. in this movie. Hell, yeah. the the film was written by Dennis Paoli. Yeah, who was Stuart Gordon's co-writer on Reanimator. Yeah, and it's and it's based on a Lovecraft story, the thing on the doorstep. Mm-hmm. Loosely, of course, like uh, like all of Gordon's other ones, <laughs> <laughs> and it has in addition to um, Heather Graham, yeah, it has Bruce Davison An- playing oh, yeah. a creepy old man, and and another ageless beauty of cinema, Barbara Crampton. Barbara Crampton, hell yeah, yes. I'm going to tell you something that happens in this movie, and it will tell you instantly whether this movie is for you or not. <laughs> okay. And you know what it is, Des. Yeah. At one point, Heather Graham and Barbara Crampton get into a knockdown dragout fight. Yeah. It's for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was the first thing I said after I finished watching this movie? I didn't know I wanted to see Heather Graham and Barbara Crampton fight (laughs) until today. Uh, So what's this movie about? Oh, boy, what is this movie about? In this movie, Heather Graham is one of, uh, well, she's she's a psychiatrist. And uh, also Mm. Barbara Crampton is as well. She's her colleague and friend. Uh, But uh, so she ends up getting this patient who's like this young man who, you know, seems to be displaying some multiple personality traits, Mm -hmm. uh, but turns out is essentially just taken over by an ancient curse, basically. And so 
she has to battle this ancient curse, but, uh, well, we know that she ends up in a, in a mental hospital, so we know it isn't, <laughs> it isn't going to work out too well for her. Uh, but yeah, so it's, uh, the story of her battling this evil, uh, from outside and then also from within and, uh, Barbara Crampton is sort of her friend slash, uh, uh, doctor at the mental hospital who's trying to figure mm-hmm. out what the fuck is going on. Uh, Jonathan Shake uh, plays Heather Graham's husband, and mm-hmm. at first he's like, "What the fuck is going on?" And then he's like, "What the fuck is going on?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't know I liked this until you did this. <laughs> Let's uh, do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, man, this uh, this movie was like nonstop uh, deranged. Uh, without, like, it wasn't, like, a gory movie. It was just, like, mm-hmm. crazy performance movies, you know? Uh, like, a lot of, like, yeah. wild shit. And there, there's definitely some gore in it. There's a lot of, there's a lot uh, of wild yeah. imagery and a lot of crazy acting choices and, like, like crazy mm. good acting choices, you know? Just really fuck, fucking deranged. <laughs> There is a line that Heather Graham has in the cl- in the uh, third act, uh-huh. where she's trying to convince the two orderlies to let her go. <laughs> right, and she's and it's it is just so dead spot funny. Yeah, but um, I mean it. It is a Stuart Gordon film. And yeah, I think it, the, it does I mean, have that vibe for sure. You know, where it's like, we're, we're going to give you some, some gross stuff, but we're also going to have fun. Yeah. It's like a Stuart Gordon movie without like, without like the, the deformity or the, or the, the weird interdimensional yeah. monster. It's all the crazy people stuff. All jammed into although, one Stuart um, Gordon homage. Although the the thing, the titular thing on the doorstep, uh, at some point does explain. Yeah, I've been doing this for for centuries now. Yeah, and um, you know he gives his backstory, but still, you're like, he makes it, it makes it very clear this is not just like some sorcerer. This is this is some eldritch horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This although, is a, this is an ancient drag in the. Yeah, they don't drag in the, and here's a reference to the Cthulhu mythos, nudge, nudge. Well, I mean, everybody's name. There's a bunch of names in this, right? Like Ephraim Waite, right? Upton. Mm -hmm. Uh, Derby? Is Derby? Derby is Lovecraft name? I think it is. It is from that story, isn't it? Well, the fact that it's, um, I, I think it's... It's Ar- isn't it Arkham is where the hospital is? That's right. That's right. So it's... But the, the thing that makes this film, and I'm sure maybe you won't agree with me, but I think you will, is the performances. Yeah, they're great. Fucking Heather Graham is having the time of oh, her yeah. life. She's fucking delivering in this movie. 100%. This, and, is, and this is like swan has- song stuff for her. Yeah, and the thing about Heather Graham has been, I mean, she's drop-dead gorgeous. Yeah. 
but she's always had these very distinctive eyes. And it really works to her advantage in this horror film. Yeah. Yeah. Because it it can switch from being just, I'm gorgeous Heather Graham to... <laughs> I'm gorgeous, Heather Graham. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 like she can go from being like like this gorgeous doe-eyed thing to this gorgeous mm-hmm. woman with like ill intent to later on like like truly crazy looking, <laughs> truly yeah. crazy looking. Yeah, right? and um, Mr. Wilson should be pleased to know that there is um, some bearing of flesh. Yep, suitable flesh. Very much. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, but it's it's it. This was a joy. This yeah. was a total joy from beginning to end. Even the even the the title card. Yeah, yeah. Where they they present the title and then it's unzipped, <laughs> and you realize you're looking you're looking at the the scene from inside a body bag. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Oh, it's it's stylish. It's fun. Um, and it's paced. It's paced uh, so joke. quickly. It's like you bear. You can barely yeah. catch a breath. It just keeps moving. And uh, uh, Judah Lewis, who plays Asa Wait, mm-hmm. man, he's good too. Right. Eh? Holy shit! He's the he's the young patient that is also like, you know. Cursed by ancient evil or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would like to bring back something we haven't done in a while. Okay. And read the okay. plot keywords. Let's do it. Let's do it. I feel I feel For- like I feel like we're we, we don't want to talk about this movie so much because we don't really want to spoil it for people because it is so brand new. And uh, yeah. we really both think that people should watch this movie. I mean like yes. Joe Joe Lynch has really become like Oh, gotta see his next one. Gotta see his next one. Yeah, you know? yeah. And actually, so, oh yeah, this uh, this one also has a, a great uh, Steve Moore score too. This this one actually like is more like it's almost or like orchestral a lot more. So when I was listening right. to the music as I was watching the movie, uh, if I'm correct, I'm just trying to look. It's not under IMDb. Maybe he didn't. Did I swear I saw his name in the credits though? Mm-hmm. Music department, Olivia Schlichting. Music by Steve Moore. Where do you see that? I'm looking at the, the Wikipedia page. Oh, okay. It doesn't say it on IMDb. Yeah, I, I thought it said that. But I was listening yeah. to it. I'm like, oh, this seems more orchestral. I'm a big Steve Moore fan. And the, and, and the music right. sounded, uh, you know, it's almost like it had more of a Charles Band style, now that I think about it. Or, sorry, Richard, mm-hmm. a Richard Band style. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Now that I think about it, and uh, that sure makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the, the film ends with a dedication to Stuart Gordon. Yeah. So yeah. we know where everybody's heart is. Oh, for sure. For but anyway, sure. Um, I'm sure you'll find a theme to these keywords. Okay. Okay. Lay them on me. Female nudity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Female rear nudity. Yeah. Female, female kiss. <laughs> female topless nudity. Uh-huh. Breasts. 
Is there, to go. Is there, is there, is there one that's not, okay, erotic sex? Okay. Male nudity. Okay, hey, it took that long. Wow. Impressive. And male rear nudity. Jesus, every single one. Yes. Man. Get your mind out of the gutter. Is, there, is, is like, possession isn't even one of them? Nope. Nope. Weird. You think it would be, right? Yeah, because that's what this whole film is about. Be- beheading or decapitation. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, autopsy. M- mental hospital. Yeah, yes. body bag. Right? Things like we- yes. weird. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Very horny. Very yes. horny keywords. Yes, very horny. <laughs> so... Uh, this this is just this was just a pure joy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, and I, I love it this. once again confirms to me that that Joe Lynch is probably the best director you've never heard of. Yeah, I I really look forward to what's next from him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's come he's come a long way. Come a long way. I've I've basically been following. Like shit. When was when was his first movie? I'm trying to think here. Going back, going was back. Wrong turn too. Well, fuck yeah. I've, see, of course he did. Like his first uh, his first directing job was the Strapping Young Lad mm-hmm. music video for Love. How did I not? How did I? <laughs> how did I not ask him about that? But yeah, Wrong Turn Two was 2007. Was the first one. And then, but mm-hmm. like, yeah. So Wrong Turn Two. Wrong Turn Two is. Uh, I would contend probably better than the first one and a more enjoyable movie. Uh, and uh, definitely the only one. Watch the first two and then you don't need to watch anything else. Uh, but then you've got like Chillerama, you know, which is yeah not necessarily uh, the best movie. Uh, but uh, yeah, and I've heard nothing but good stuff for Everly. Of course, I'm a, I'm a huge lover of Mayhem. Uh, right. so yeah, I, I'm always interested to see what he's doing and I do have a question though. Have we ever covered, I, I know that you interviewed Joe Lynch to, for him, to, for his publicity tour for Mayhem. Yes. Yeah. Have we ever covered that film? Uh, I believe I covered it with Dwayne. Oh, pity. <laughs> Well, I guess I'm going to have to to watch, you know, Samara weaving with her uh, nail gun uh, for my own enjoyment. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> <laughs> I love. I, I yeah. This is oh, this is this is like the easy four edging towards a four point five. Yeah, it's a four point five for me. This this was a really enjoyable movie. Heather Graham is fantastic. Barbara Crampton is fantastic. They're absolutely fantastic together. The mm-hmm. the the kid again. I can't remember. Asa Waite. I'm not even on the page. Yeah. Uh, Judah oh, something. Jesus. Judah Lewis. Judah Lewis is great. Bruce Davison uh, is great in the movie. He's got a. That's one of the craziest scenes he's ever been in. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good. Really good. Uh, small cast of movie, you know what I mean? Like it has a lot of depth right. to the story, but there's actually very few actors in the movie. Uh, it's kind of interesting that way. Right. 
Uh, it's really centered on like three locations and, uh, it's, it's really smartly told and, uh, incredibly well acted and just completely fucking nuts. And I loved it. Right. So yes. And I have a film, I have a outro for this. Right. Right. Which of course is, contains a plot keyword that nobody had heard to put on IMDb. Ah. Since this film is all about possession, and as much as I would love to have found a punk rock or death metal version of The Replacements, I'll Be You, <laughs> um, I decided to settle on Otep yeah. and their song, Possession.
we're back this time for another <clears throat> Dread Media Top 5. That's right, another Dread Media Top 5. This time, Dread Media Top 5 Fun Facts About Stuart Gordon that I learned from his memoir, Naked Theater and Uncensored Horror, a memoir by Stuart Gordon. And speaking of that title, Naked Theater, uh, I believe I have this correct. I think Stuart Gordon went to university in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, where he met Carolyn, who would become his wife. And that is where he had his first uh, uh, theatrical troupe at that university. And uh, my number five is... Uh, at that university, when he was putting these uh, shows on, uh, he was once arrested for directing, producing, uh, and uh, writing plays <laughs> that include lots of nudity, uh, along with his wife. His wife was also arrested because she was one of the nude ones. I guess girlfriend at the time. Anyway, yeah, so he got arrested uh, for obscenity laws, and there was like a big thing, you know, it was, it, was, it was wild. I had no idea about this part of his life. We're gonna, so we're going to move on with a little bit more uh, theatrical stuff. So number four, Stuart Gordon co-wrote, directed, and masterminded Warp. That's Warp with an exclamation point by the way, put on by the Organic Theatre Company, uh, one Gordon founded in Chicago this time. Uh, Warp <laughs> was a fantasy superhero trilogy of plays that eventually played Broadway. It preceded Star Wars by six years, being that sort of like fantasy trilogy, and starred fledgling actors, Tom Towles, uh, and John Hurd. And then also, uh, for a later production, for the, for the Broadway production, Neil Adams would redesign Neil Adams from Marvel Comics. Uh, th this whole set of plays, uh, stemmed from wanting to do plays about Marvel Comics characters, uh, but not being able to get the rights. So he just created Warp. Cumul, cum, Lord Cumul, Cumulus is one of the characters. It was a very hard word for me to say. <laughs> Lord Cumulus. Oh, lordy. So because he couldn't get the you know rights to these Marvel characters, he went about creating his own to do this extravagant and wildly imaginative uh, comic book superhero fantasy trilogy of plays like i believe each one was like 40 minutes to an hour long turner i can't remember it's one of those 40 or an hour long each of them and it's and it's just and they were presented sequentially you know very cool very cool uh thing and neil adams was involved in that that also makes it cool yeah so yeah yeah and yeah neil adams did the um I don't think I've, I've actually said this yet. I've totally like talked over myself about Neil Adams like twice at this point. Uh, <laughs> Neil Adams redesigned the costumes, sets, and the posters for the Broadway production 
after its initial run runs in uh, Chicago. So, yeah. Uh, maybe it was just one run in Chicago. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, it was an- another interesting tidbit about his uh, time in the theater. And speaking about Marvel superheroes, for years, Stuart Gordon was developing a film adaptation of Marvel Comics' Iron Man. Long before the MCU. Don't get too excited. This would have been the era of the Captain America films and the would-be Doctor Strange film from Jack Kirby and Full Moon Entertainment uh, that eventually became Doctor Mordred. It was a comic book character that always fascinated him. So, uh, yeah, he loved Iron Man. Be interesting if that ever happened. Speaking of Disney acquisitions, <laughs> what am I on now? This is two. Yeah, I guess we're going to go, we're going to, we're going to keep going, uh, with Disney stuff too. But, uh, yeah, so most of you probably know that, oh, I didn't have interference on my track there. Most of you probably know that uh, Stuart Gordon wrote uh, and produced and developed Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which actually began as Stuart Gordon trying to adapt Richard Matheson's Incredible Shrinking Man. Uh, once Disney bit on the concept, though, he had to turn it into a family film. So instead of bastardizing the awesome novel... Uh, he went to the drawing board uh, about stories that he would tell his daughters at night about them being shrunk down. So, <laughs> so he made Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and uh, for Disney. Yeah. And he was supposed to direct. And uh, days before filming, he had a massive blood pressure incident while arguing with the executive producer. And uh, his blood pressure got so high, blood fired out of one of his nostrils like a cannon all over the producer's desk. Uh, he had to miss out on making the movie. Uh, of course, Joe Johnston was hired, and he would go along to a direct uh, The Rocketeer and the newer uh, first Captain America movie from the MCU. Finally, number one Stuart Gordon tidbit. Again, we are not leaving Disney behind. So while Honey, I Shrunk the Kids became a huge hit for Disney without Gordon, uh, Gordon, in the meantime, still developed a friendship with Walt's brother, Roy Disney, who was basically in charge. Uh, there was another executive that was sort of in charge of day-to-day operations kind of thing, but really, Roy had the say. And uh, maybe as a result, maybe not as a result, Gordon kept an office at Disney for something like 12 years. During that time, uh, and because of that friendship with Roy, uh, Gordon and his favorite science fiction writer, Ray Bradbury, brought an adaptation of Ray Bradbury's story, The Magic White Suit, which he would eventually turn into a play called, I believe, The Wonderful Ice Cream Suit or The Magic Ice Cream Suit. The Magic Ice Cream Suit was the name of the story. So uh, together from Bradbury's script and Gordon's direction, they made a movie. 
the wonderful ice cream suit. The movie was about a bunch of Hispanic guys from the barrio who are broke, but decide to all chip in and share in the purchase of a white suit that gives the wearer magic enhancements to their lives, right? They don't go around like flying and shooting people with electricity out of their hands, but they, uh, you know, finally attract the woman that they've been trying to attract. They, uh, you know, are able to perform poetry in front of people and all sorts of stuff. It's, uh, it's, uh, it seems like a delightful story. Very Bradbury-esque. Of course it is, because he wrote it. So, yeah, so they made this movie. The movie stars Clifton Collins Jr., Joe Montaigne, Isai Morales, and Edward James Almost. It's crazy. I still haven't seen it. And I didn't even know it existed until it was, you know, discussed, you know, thoroughly in the book. Uh, it isn't on Disney Plus, but I'm canceling that shit anyway. Another like week and a half. Enough time to watch the second season of Welcome to Wrexham and then I'm out. The funny thing is, it was the company before Organic Theater Company, I think. That Stuart Gordon also founded, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, but since the, the story was originally a play written by Bradbury, uh, Stuart Gordon adapted it with his own small theater troupe of actors in Chicago, Meshach Taylor, Joseph Martinez, who you may not know by name, but you'd know him if you saw him. Dennis Franz and also <laughs> Joe Montaigne. <laughs> so he'd worked with these guys like, I don't know, way early eighties, maybe is when that was, I think maybe late seventies. They also worked together for a long time. So anyway, yeah, there you go. Fascinating facts from naked theater and uncensored horror, a memoir by Stuart Gordon. And of course, R.I.P. Stuart Gordon, one of the greats, great filmmaker. If, if, I highly recommend this book if if you're a fan of his movies. It's like he he goes so in depth on the making of Reanimator because of course he does, and you know he does, you know, a little less on From Beyond and most of the other films. It's a little it's a little less. He doesn't talk. There's not a lot of talk about the unmade films necessarily. You know, there's the ones, there's the ones that fell through that became something else. But yeah, still there were some. So check out that best movies never made episode. But yeah, there you go. That's the top five. Let's get out of here with, um, yeah, there's another song from, uh, 2023 from the band End Rain. This is, yeah, they're, they're I mean, this is like modern day Sam Hain. So let's listen to these guys. End Rain and When Death Comes Crawling. <laughs>
is us, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as I did. Uh, and if, and if you really did, head on over to patreon.com slash dread media and support the show for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, every little bit helps. Um, you can send me an email at dreadmediapodcast at gmail.com. You can ask me questions and I'll answer them on the show. You can, uh, also like e- email me a, a wave file or an MP3 file, uh, as like a voicemail and I'll respond to that. Uh, you can join the Facebook group. It's just Dread Media on Facebook. If you have the Twitter, if you have Instagram, if you have Blue Sky, I'm Dread Media on all of those. I mean, it's a little different on Blue Sky. That's a weird one, but. And uh, hit me up on email if you want a Blue Sky invite, for God's sake. I don't know. I don't know if, if people just like completely pulled back from <laughs> new, new social media things. I don't know. I've some very, very small circle on that and I, I enjoy that. Actually, I enjoy that. So anyway, I don't know. I don't know where I'm, where I'm going with that. That's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Oh yeah, uh, DJ's domicile of dread uh, dot blogspot dot com to catch up on everything Tom DJ's doing. And that's been me. Let's get out of here. Um, there's a brand new release. It's an EP. Um, I guess I guess it's like album length, maybe, but it's an EP. Uh, it's by a cover band featuring members of Fu Manchu, Mono Lord. Uh, Kylisa. So if you know those bands, you probably have an idea that it's going to be like loud, stompy and slow. Well, you're absolutely right. Um, this is a super group, uh, that is completely dedicated to covering Slayer slowly. They call themselves slower. <laughs> <laughs> and I try not to play like extremely long songs on the show. Uh, this is the shortest song. Yes, this is the shortest song on the album. It's six minutes and nine seconds and it's slower and their cover of dead skin mask. You guys take care of yourselves Take care of others, and we'll see you next week.